Good evening, good evening, good evening, and welcome to Authors Up. This is your favorite place to be on Sunday night. We know it's our favorite place to be on Sunday night, and we are glad for those of you who are joining us this evening. Hey there, Ruth. How are you this evening? You good? I am good. How are you? I am doing well. Thank you very much. And Miss Victoria, how are you? I am wonderful, darling. Wonderful. Wonderful. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> the Queen Wave in the Queen yes, Wave. Yes, yes. So much. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, Linda Cooks, thank you for coming on and joining us this evening. And our two very, very favorite guests are on tonight. Uh, Angie Oliphant from South Carolina and Miss Christina Harrison. They yeah. are on the line tonight. Look, we have been looking forward to this program. We uh, put something out there and I tell you what, we, we didn't know who would accept, whether anyone would accept. And we had someone uh, come on board early on and then we had the other person come on actually as late as last week. And what we put out there, we know we say it all the time that everybody has a story and it just depends on whether or not they want to tell it. Right. So do you or, or Victoria remember what the categories for the stories were um, that we put out there for this story challenge? Remember the categories? Yes, they were um, best day ever, mm -hmm. beat my, um, the unexpected, the unexpected, and lessons learned. Lessons learned. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Between the three, have, I can always remember all of them. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think, did you say, let me introduce you to? Did no, yeah, meet mine. Meet, meet, meet mine. Meet mine. Meet mine. Yes. That's what it was. Meet mine. Okay. Great. 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 Well, I tell you what. We we um we had uh, Angela Oliphant who accepted the challenge to tell a story tonight when we bring her in she's going to tell us under what category hers fell and then we had miss christina harrison who was inspired last week when she came on the program and said you know what i think i'm gonna do that i'm gonna try my hand at that and uh, i saw her today and she said i got my story written and i said okay <laughs> you are ready to read it because we are ready to go we are ready to have you on the program tonight night. So uh, this is a, a first time that we have done this. Um, and I see you all are sharing and bringing folk into the program. And that's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Um, we haven't done this before. I think once we had one of our listeners uh, who wrote a story and came on and read her work. So this is a little different. And all of us accepted the challenge as well. So mm -hmm. Ruth has a story tonight that she's going to share. Victoria has a story that she's going to share, and I have a story as well um, that I am going to share. Uh, so I think I think we need to go ahead and get started. What do you? Yes, guys? yes. Uh, no weekend review. We'll no, be all right. We want to make sure that we have enough enough time for these ladies to tell their stories and for us to to tell ours as well. So we're going to um, ask uh, Alan to bring in our first guest, and that's Miss Christine. Harrison, and she's going to pop in here in a minute. 
There she is. There she yeah. is. Welcome. So glad to have you on the other side of the camera because yes, Christopher ma'am. does come in as a faithful listener to Authors Up and some of the other ALH broadcasting uh, programs. So it is so good to have you with us tonight, tonight. So welcome, Christina. Welcome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And Ruth, I think Ruth wants to uh, talk to you or talk about you just a little bit. Talk about you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, full disclosure, I work with Christina and it's always a joy coming into work. Um, So we want to, greetings from Toronto. Hi, Toronto. we just want to jump in. Um, I know that you accepted the challenge last week and you had a story written within a week. So yes, you want to share it with us? I sure do. Um, So thank you guys for this opportunity. I jumped in. I'm always telling Ruth that I'm going to write a story. So I thought, why not do it now? So my my story tonight is Astonishing Godly Vessel. So February 11, 2020 marks the day my life felt indefensible. This date made a mark that cemented how I encountered a mental health crisis. The global COVID-19 death tolls were soaring abroad and the United States government was nonchalant about the potential impact this crisis may impose to the country. Some of the government officials were using their privilege to secretly move their finances assets to a safer haven. There I was watching the televised news as it was completely reckoning havoc on my emotional state and reality. Quickly, I reached for the phone and began to dial a lifeline. On the other end of this very distant call was the audio audio ointment I longed for. Hello, rang out in a high soprano pitched tone with a Southern twang. This voice will calm any turbulent storm. How are you? I asked after a long, deep breath. I'm blessed. How are you? Was the quick reply. Without hesitation, I blurted out, I am afraid. Then quickly all emotions erupted with tears, exploding all at once into a silent cry. Yet on the other end was the sound that responded to my tears by speaking with a smoothing tone. God did not give us the spirit of fear. He gave us love, power, and a sound mind. You know this. So pull on the power after casting everything you are carrying. This declaration helped ease the weight I just presented, just like it was rapidly lifting and guiding me to a plan for the days of hell. Growing up in a home where both parents were ministers is how I established a foundation and developed my devout faith in God. During childhood, children were seen and not heard, but this did not mean we did not learn how to form a personal relationship with God. It was at a tender age that I learned that God was no respect of a person and he loved me just as much as he did the older people in my life. Just like that, I was on a quest to obtain all God had for me. All before the age of six, I remember when I first encountered God's presence, when I was filled with the Holy Ghost, and I spoke in heavenly language. This all happened right at home, on the steps leading to the upper level. Before the occasions, before it, 
we had the occasions where it encountered in church. The stairs are where we envision this to be our play church, with each step resembling pews. At the top of the stairs was the metal railings that had two points. That was the designated makeshift pulpit. Each metal point was the imaginary microphones that would be the location we carried out our spiritual assignment. The steps were the place where my siblings and I would reenact church as a daily activity when we didn't want to do something else. You could say we were truly church kids. My brother was often a preacher. My older sisters and I were the choir, scripture readers, and everything else we played out in our children's church. Many times our service was a mere reflection of the Baptist service with a Kojic flair. This meant that there was a taste of the routine program for the order of service and then spirit-led interruption of praise, dancing, and speaking in tongues. If this preacher truly laid hands on us. When church allowed women preacher to preach, this was a game for us as well. We were awarded the opportunity to preach at our homemade church too. Our parents never joined in, but we knew they were listening when you would hear them thanking God during their morning and night prayers, or when asked to recite a scripture used in our services during our family Bible time. Our play church services continued over the years, but often were also solo sessions where I conducted by myself when the outdoor appealed better for options for my siblings. Rather than playing inside, they opted to be with friends. I enjoyed my homemade church services perhaps more than the actual services attended that day. It was during those times that I jumped back into the word of God to dive deeper into the scripture or biblical lessons taught earlier in Sunday school or BTU. So as the years progressed, the relationship with God was grounded in service alongside with my parents who were pastoring and later leading in various roles within the church fellowship. This ministry extended beyond the walls into the community. Our family was known for food ministry, youth AA youth sports, youth runaway programs, community um, gun buyback program, housing, and so much more. So let me introduce you to my mother. She is the trailblazer who pointed all her children towards the destiny God had for us. It was through her ministry as a mother, a wife, a community activist, and a pastor that taught all of her children to be servant leaders. Each of us today, that's what we are. Her model was to move in silence, but leave a notice, noticeable mark. I reached out to this admired pillar of wisdom and found the push I needed to get back into the faithful posture of trusting God, even when a pandemic was in sight. My mother is the one I esteem and I like to share this story. Retired, but still she's working every week to feed the community. Not even the pandemic can stop her zeal to care for those who are without, even if it meant to create a drive-through service option. My mother, my hero, my role model, my friend. All right. Awesome. We can do it on this platform, but if you can send up some hearts, some snaps. Yeah, some we can send some hearts up on Facebook. Awesome. awesome. Thank yeah. you so, so much. Can you Beautiful. Bring it now? Yes. Can you bring it now? <laughs> yes. Beautiful. 
Thank, Thank you, you so much for sharing. Absolutely. I tell how, you what, go ahead. Uh, no, I was going to ask you, how was it writing? I mean, you had a week? I had a week, but I actually wrote that within the last 24 hours. Okay. I but had you a, knew you were going to write. Yeah, I knew I was going to write. I had two stories. And this story, um, I had the last 24 hours I spent with my mom. And it was very emotional when I left her and when I was with her. So I just started writing. I just, I wanted to write why she meant so much to me. So. Oh, and is that her? That's oh, my sister. Oh. <laughs> oh, that is wonderful, wonderful. Oh, beautiful. I tell you, Christina, you, you have proved it tonight that everybody has a story. Yes. It just depends yes. on whether or not you want to tell it. And it, it's beautifully written. And I could tell by the way that you were smiling as you said certain things that it truly came from your heart. Yes. And that's yeah. wonderful. That is wonderful. Yes. I just want to applaud you again. Thank yes, you. yes. Thank you. Wonderful story. And thank you, Mom, for just instilling such wonderful things in, in this beautiful woman of God named Christine. Amen. Amen. So much, so much, so much. Oh, okay. That feel good about that. <laughs> My cheeks are hurting. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to tuck you away and like I said you can stay in the green room or come back in through the other area if you like but again thank you so thank much you. Yes. Yes. I don't know whether you've written anything before uh, but I tell you what there is a writer in her definitely yes. in her definitely so, yeah we, we thank her for that thank you thank you Christina Woo, we ready to forge ahead Yes, we are. Yes. Who's up yes. next? Victoria, who we got? Well, up next, drum roll, please. Woo! We have we're coming to us, Miss Angela Oliphant. And she is a fabulous, wonderful host, fantabulous host of Whole and Beautiful, which is another program that airs right here on ALH Broadcasting, which is a part of the Streaming Inspirational Broadcast Network. None other than again Angela Alafana. We're going to hear her story. Welcome, welcome. Hey, Angie O. Hello. <laughs> oh, I was good when I was in that green room, and now I'm here, and I'm like, whoo. <laughs> oh, you're going to be all right. You were one of the first ones to answer the call when we put this out. Right. So you have a story to tell. And Angie is an author in her own right as well. So we are just so glad when we saw your name come up that you were going to write a story. That's right. That's right. So you want to tell us the category that you're coming from tonight, Angie, or do you want to just start reading? Your choice. It came from the unexpected. Oh, okay. All right. And it's it's um it was fiction, but we're gonna go for it because I've never oh. written like this before. But I'm gonna read it and we're gonna see. All right, all right, come on. Okay, I'm be quiet. Shh. <laughs> what what happened? What in the world? <laughs> <laughs> well, what was unexpected. <laughs> Coming back in, I know she is. Okay, yes, she is. 
Here I am. Oh, okay. You wanted to prove to us about the unexpected. You just did that. Thank you so much for the for the ritual. Uh, <laughs> okay, let me just read. So I can... <laughs> oh, when, where, 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 when, how? These three words haunted Alyssa on a daily basis. Where did things go wrong? Did the fault lie with her alone? When did it happen? Was she that oblivious to her surroundings that she missed all the signs? Or were there any signs at all? And how was she going to recover? How was she going to put her life back together and begin again? Alyssa was an average student in a high school. She wasn't that straight A student. She wasn't the one who was flunking out. She moved at a steady pace and did what was needed to graduate, but she never would strive to be the best. Being average and mixing in completely into the background was her safe place. No one from her point of view expected greatness from her, so why even try to be great? Yep, average was good enough. Alyssa did things in a systematic way day in and day out. Things had to stay the same or it would ruin her day. At least that's the way she saw it. Her alarm was set for 5 a.m. every morning, even the weekends. With the alarm would bring, she would reach over to her nightstand and hit snooze to give herself 15 more minutes. At exactly 5.15, she would get up and reach for her water bottle she kept beside her bed. And she would drink a little water as she sat on the side of her bed thinking, pondering, trying to gather her thoughts before she started moving about. Just like clockwork at exactly 5.20 a.m., Alyssa would slide on her bedroom shoes and head to the bathroom for her morning regimen. Every day, everything was the same, and Alyssa loved it. Friday was finally here. Alyssa had a very long week and she was ready for her uneventful, lovely weekend. Alyssa woke up as usual and went through her morning routine, preparing to head to work as she normally would. But today just seemed different. All of her rituals remained the same, but something seemed different on the inside. As she finished brushing her teeth and washing her face, face she looked into the mirror. This time, she didn't do the short glance as usual. She stood and stared at herself in the bathroom mirror. Alyssa noticed her short, curly, dark brown hair. She looked at every coil on how it intertwined together. And what's that? Oh my, Alyssa said, I see some gray. She focused in on her dark chocolate skin and how the blemishes that were once prominent now had faded away. And there was a glow, a subtle shimmer as though her face had been kissed ever so gently by the sun. In her mind, she began to say, Alyssa, you can't stay here staring at yourself. Stick to your regimen, keep it moving. But she couldn't stop staring at herself. What is happening, she thought. She couldn't pull herself away from the mirror. For so long, she had focused on her schedule, her regimen, so much so that she had been overlooking everything and everybody. Staring into the mirror, she realized that she had really been overlooking herself. Physically, she was beautiful. She loved every curve of her body. No, she was not a size four. 
more like a 14, but she ate right and exercised and was very pleased with her physical appearance. As she locked eyes with herself, Alyssa began to see some things that she felt she was not ready to deal with or address, but ready or not, the truth of who she had become started to play like a movie screen as she encountered herself. Her mind started racing and it seemed like she had a million thoughts at once. I've got to get out of here and get to work, she thought. She then considered what the day was going to be like because this is a day she had decided would be her last day. She had mapped out her every move and now this encounter in her bathroom was changing everything. Alyssa called her boss and simply said, I quit. Not the dramatic ending she wanted, but it would have to do because she couldn't stop this process that started early this Friday morning. She was realizing that she took this long look at herself in this mirror that the who, what, when, and how all centered in on her. For, long, for so long, she had, been, she had not been real with herself. She was a great actor, and for this performance, she will have won an Oscar. That night before, Alyssa did something out of her ordinary. She prayed. She asked God to show her what to do with her life and to show her how she could include him in the launching of her new business. Little did she know that the answer would come the next morning and in all the places it could have happened, a bathroom mirror. As tears rolled down her cheeks, it seemed as though the blurriness of the tears made everything clear. The Oscar award-winning actress had completed her last performance and the real Alyssa Montgomery had to stand up and live. All right, yeah, That was awesome. Oh my goodness. Where'd that come from? Where'd that come from? I do, I do. I, I see her. I was her. I thank her. Yes, again. Time <laughs> to live, Melissa. Time to live. Oh my <laughs> Wonderfully done, Angie. That's great. Great, great, great. Thank you. Thank Beautiful you. Beautiful story. <laughs> yes, indeed, indeed. All right, y'all sent up some hearts for um Angie. Yes, Angie. Oh, yes, well, how did it feel finishing finishing fiction? I know how I felt finishing the train, but how how did you feel with doing doing this this type of writing, which is different from what you usually do? It felt pretty good. It was like I just I sat down to the computer and I just started typing. And I remember what you all were saying that uh, Ruth was saying the the story, the characters that they write themselves. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, just write. Don't try to mm -hmm. um, analyze stuff. Just sit here and write. And that's what I did. It didn't take me like the whole month. It took me just a couple of days. Mm -hmm. But I, when I sat down, it was like I I could see it. I knew what was going to happen next, and it just started to flow. And I was like, "Oh, this is great!" <laughs> it is. Started, it is. Started to write. <laughs> well, I think you have a whole novel there, guy. We did something more about yeah, listen. We need yeah, to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good job. Good yeah. job. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you for sharing. Time to start venturing into that other side. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> now that you put your foot in the water, just go on and take a swim, girl. Got it right. That's right. <laughs> Got it. 
Good job. That is nice, nice, nice. And somebody uh, I saw congratulated um, Christina here on uh, reading her short story dedicated to Faith mm -hmm. and Mom. Yes, yeah. congratulations to you, uh, Christina, for that. Angie, well done. Well done. Well You've done. had a different kind of story for us tonight, but we thank you, thank you, thank you. Hearts up, everybody. She That's did it. it. That's did it. it. <laughs> okay, Angie, and like Christina, you can hang out in the green room for the rest of the program if you like, or you can come in the way that you usually do. But okay. we thank you. Thank you for thank responding, you. and thank you for the great story. That was wonderful. Thank Later. you. <laughs> Okay, boy, this has been good. Yes. I, I really like that. And these these two ladies have come out of their comfort zone in different ways in yeah. order to do this. And this is wonderful. And I wanted to uh, say to our listeners that we've had in Spain and Jamaica and Toronto and in other places that Thank have joined you, us. You're welcome. This isn't just for us here in the U.S., uh, for all of those who come from other places and listen from other places. If there is any time or anything that Authors Up is doing and you think, gee, I, I think I might want to try that. I might want to put my hand to that. And there's another church that's, that's in, too. If I missed it, Alan, if you could put them back up on the um, uh, uh, on the you know, screen in the tag, just so we can tell them hello, just so we can welcome them and tell them how glad we are that they are with us tonight. But thank you, ladies. You all have done phenomenal, phenomenal. Love the stories and love your presentations of them. Very good. Very good. So now we're going to move on to, um, let's see, we got Ruth. Ruth. Ruth's got a Ruth's got a different kind of story to tell tonight. All right, hey, let me see if I got some more of them chips left. <laughs> Come on, Ruth, get you some popcorn. Come on, Ruth. Okay, all right. So this is uh, the title of my story is called "The Immortal Ana Ruiz," and it's actually it's an introduction because you know I don't know how to write a short story. I just you know some people can only cook for big families; they can't cook for two. I can only write a big story, so this is an introduction. We, we'll chat more about it. So, okay. and just as a note, bisabuela means great grandmother. Abuela means grandmother. Mommy is a term of endearment for mother. Mm -hmm. And tia is aunt. aunt. So, okay. All right. Okay. All right. We're ready. All right. Uh, here we go. I pulled up to bisabuela's house and put the car in park. I didn't say anything, but let mommy and tia Carla finish talking. It had been some time since they had been together, and I didn't want to interrupt the conversation. My sister was lost in her phone, leaving me to think about the task at hand. My great-grandmother had passed away a couple weeks earlier, and after dealing with the family who came to, into town to pay their respects, it fell on us to clean her house and determine what to do with the property. This is it, huh? Carla said, her eyes now on the two-story home in front of us. It was hidden behind overgrown grass and shrubbery, held in by a rusted link fence. There was a sun-bleached Madonna near the front door, unruly vines shrouding it and snaking out in every direction. When was the last time someone came to see her? Mommy rolled her eyes and unbuckled her seatbelt. Shut up, Carla, she said and stepped out of the car. What? Tia said with a, in a clueless tone and followed after my mom. Carla was the younger sister and void of the responsibilities my, sis my mother had to carry. Yes, it had been some time since mommy had been there, but it wasn't because she was neglecting my bisabuela. 
Mommy cared for everyone in the family, including my grandparents, who were going through midlife crises in their mid-twilight years. Yard work was the least of her concerns. I snapped my sister's attention to me. We're here, come on. Lara looked up, bored. I don't get why I have to be here, she muttered. Lara was technically an adult, but she was still young, self-absorbed, and irresponsible. Just like Tia Carla. It was tiring having to pull them along. Shut up and come on, I said. I followed Mommy and Carla into the house and watched as both of them made the sign of the cross in a show of respect for the dead. I followed suit out of a sense of conformity, but Lara did not. This time I couldn't falter. She and I did not know our bisabuela as well as Mommy and Carla did, and that led to the sometimes lackadaisical attitude we showed. Inside, Mommy took charge and doled out responsibilities. Anna, you start in the kitchen. Lara, go to Abuela's room. And Carla, living room, Mommy said. Carla saluted her and said, Ay, Capitan. Lara rolled her eyes and disappeared into the house. I did as my mother asked me to. I found some bags that went through every cabinet, covered in nook and cranny. I focused on the work and did what I needed to do. Every once in a while, Mommy or Tia Carla would walk, would wander through the kitchen and ask how I was doing. After a while, we stopped to regroup. We're never going to get done, Carla exhaled as she sat down at the table. Abuela was a pack rat. Mommy ignored her and turned to me. Anna, where's your sister? I shrugged. I haven't seen her since you sent her off to the bedroom. Go check on her, please, she said. Si, senora, I replied, biting my tongue so I wouldn't say what I really wanted to, that I wasn't her babysitter. But after seeing what my mom went through with the family, the last thing she needed was my mouth. I walked back to the bedroom, but I didn't find my sister there. I also didn't find any evidence of work. I wandered around and eventually went upstairs where I found Lara sitting in the attic next to an open box, her face glued to her phone. I see you're busy working, I muttered sarcastically. She didn't look up. Did you do anything, I asked. She shrugged, finally acknowledging me. I sighed. She was useless as far as I was concerned. I wasn't going to waste energy on her. Instead, I looked in the box. There were newspapers and clothes in it, nothing unexpected. I saw a book in there with your name on it, Lara said, again, not bothering to look at me. My name, I said, somewhat interested. Anna was a family name, so if my name was written anywhere, it was likely about a relative I did not know. And, okay. Yeah, some old book, Lara continued. It's in Spanish. I don't know what it says except your name. My last name was Crawford, but my middle name was Ruiz, the family name attached to Anna. I knew there were several other Anna Ruizes that preceded me, but I knew nothing of them. I went through the box and found a leather book. It appeared to be a journal with loose faded pages in between the covers. I carefully handled the book, recognizing its fragility. The writing on the first page was in Spanish, like Lara said. Neither one of us was fluent in the language, but like her, there were two words I recognized, Ana Ruiz. I left my sister to her phone and went to the kitchen where Mommy and Tia Carla were sitting at the table, talking. What's that, Mommy asked. I handed her the book. She set it on the table and carefully looked through it. Tia Carla stood up and peered over her shoulder. Did Abuela write that? Carla asked. I don't think so, Mommy said. That's not her handwriting. What's it about? I asked. Mommy paused, read some lines, and said, It looks like stories about the Ana Ruizes and the family. Carla pointed to a particular passage on the bottom of the page. No, just one. The immortal Ana Ruiz. This was a detail I wasn't expecting, and as the latest, but certainly not immortal, Anna Ruiz, my interest was fully piqued. I needed to know more. That's it. Mm, I needed to know more, too. <laughs> what you mean, that's it? More, come on. That's all I got. That's all I got for right now. <laughs>
are you going to continue? You're going absolutely. To- Yes, awesome. I am going yeah, to. Yeah, there's uh, more to that story. Yes. We remember <laughs> the November National Novel Writing Contest. So yes. that is what oh. I'm going to be working on. You're gonna you're gonna work there, work on it then, and finish. Yes, that? yes, I'm, awesome. I am plotting out the story now, uh-huh. um, so that when November first comes, I'll be ready to write. Yeah, because I got questions. I got questions. <laughs> Who is the immortal Annalise? Being very what was in the book? What did the Spanish say? <laughs> <laughs> and Everybody where did you get that from? More, 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 more. Um, it was How just did an you idea. It was just an idea. I don't know where the thought even came from, but it was just like a little kindling, you know, like when you set fire in a fireplace or a campfire it was just that first spark and once i actually sat down and thought about it i was like oh this could go places so yeah that's what that that's what you tell us all the time and that's what i think our our two earlier writers have discovered as well just start absolutely you talk about that kindling and just with angie and christina as well once you start the rest of it, it just begins to flow. The stories just mm-hmm. begin to, to flow. So however, you've got work to do, lady, because we have got to hear the end of that. It just uh-huh. blows my mind how she laid the groundwork for um, you know, mommy and Auntie Carla. And we already know that this other sister's lazy in, you know, and there's, there's, there's conflict between the two sisters and, 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 and um, everybody's grieving because, um, you know, great, great grandma Abuela died. <laughs> uh, yeah, like I said, there was no way I was going to do that in 750 words. So I was like, you know what, this awesome. has just got to be an introduction. So I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah, we are too. We are C-section and was indeed a gift. Not knowing the special gifts God had placed inside her, I filled her life with music because music is inside of me. I wake up singing to this day, so naturally I sang to my baby. I found a music player and she fell asleep to Bible stories and songs. Lo and behold, my baby's first words were not actual words she actually sang before she talked. 
I was not sure at first that I was hearing that, but I kept listening. And sure enough, I heard ashes, ashes, we all fall down. <laughs> she was singing before she even said mommy. I started calling my baby, Vinaya, the entertainer. I did this because I remember one day she was visited by her dad who brought a friend with him. After asking her, did she want to sing for daddy? This almost two year old sang every song she knew for 30 minutes straight, one after the other. As soon as she finished one, she would pipe up another. We adults just laughed as we marveled at this child singing with no embarrassment or fear. I knew by then that she could sing, but I did not know the ear that Vinaya had. One day we were home, just the two of us. She was at my feet playing with a little toy truck, just rolling it around the floor in front of me. I was watching the movie Sister Act. It was at the part where Whoopi Goldberg's character was teaching the nun choir to sing. She asked Sister Alma to play that A note on the piano and asked the sisters to sing it. Sister Alma played the note and out of nowhere, Vinaya stopped playing with the truck, looked at the TV and belted out that A note perfectly. She went right back to rolling that little truck like nothing happened. What in the entire world? I was completely stunned. Did that just happen, Lord? Does my baby? had perfect pitch. <laughs> no one would believe me if I told them and would think I was just a boasting mom, but it did happen. And I knew at that moment that she not only would sing, but she would hear music and be able to sing back what she heard. That one unexpected note would lay the groundwork for me to understand that I had to help cultivate her talent in every way that I could. At age five, Vinaya sang her first solo in church. At age eight, she had her first singing role in a summer camp musical and got a standing ovation. Mm -hmm. Today, she is 24 and is a graduate of the theater program from A&T University. I have had the privilege of sitting in the audience in many of Vinaya's performances through summer camps, high school, and college. Every time I am awed and amazed at her talent. In every role she has played, I watched as she actually became that character and has left the audience pining for more. I thank God for loaning me this precious gift to nurture and guide in my life. Her name means just that, God's precious, precious gift. She is truly my unexpected but much appreciated note indeed. Oh, awesome. nice, 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 nice. And that, that, oh, that's nice. I didn't, I didn't know that about her, mm -hmm. but I know she's talented. She is very, oh, yeah, very talented. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So, yeah. What's her name again? Vinaya. Vinaya, if you all hear that, if she doesn't change her name, you all be looking for Vinaya. I have had the privilege. <laughs> sometimes go to performances that that she has done and her sister as well and mm -hmm. while i didn't know that part of her story i am certainly not surprised right you know, thank you oh <laughs> and remember she was the one who played our uh mary in the production that's right last week. that's right that's she right did. 
She That's absolutely right. did awesome. in Authors Up Playhouse. But she is she is a very, very gifted young lady. It is. And I tell you what, I can't imagine nothing in my house was singing it to. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's amazing. When she signed that note, and they were just, I, I didn't even think she was paying attention, you know. And she played that, the, the note, uh huh. She looked, she said, ah, and went right back to playing. <laughs> <laughs> She's going places. They're good places. Right. Doors are going to open for her because she is truly, truly a gift and a gifted young lady and thank yeah. you for sharing her thank story you. thank yes. you for encouraging me to do that we want to hear yours no, no, never, yes. mind. never mind never mind i want okay. to hear okay. i didn't i what I, one thing i forgot to do was print it out in large type <laughs> so, this may take me a minute to read because i right. a little bit left but here we go here we go here we go sharp that's one of the first things people would say to describe this neatly dressed man of average height with dark skin and an infectious inviting smile. His soft brown eyes reflected his likable easygoing personality. When he entered a room, men recognized him as a man's man and the subtle expressions on the faces of the women suggested he could be called a ladies' man as well. He was just one of those people you wanted to be around. I would like to think that I was his number one fan without question. His name was Ernest Henson and he was my dad. I would love for you to have been able to meet him in person and spend some time talking to him about your life's journey then sitting quietly intrigued as you listened to anecdotes from his own. He was a soft-spoken man full of wonderful wisdom nuggets, the practical kind that just made you feel blessed to have been in his presence. You may have guessed by now that I was indeed a bona fide certified daddy's girl and happy to carry the title. There are so many things I could tell you about him and why he had such an impact on my life. Unfortunately, there is not enough time and the selection process of what to share was definitely not an easy one. I'm going to do my best to tell you enough of his story to make you feel how special he was to me and could have been to you. Let's begin at the beginning. Some documents say he was born in Charles County, Maryland. Another says Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. For the sake of my memory, we'll go with Charles County, Maryland. No high school diploma, yet he owned and operated his own business successfully for 27 years and taught at Peters College of Watchmaking. He was in fact skilled in the art of repairing clocks and watches. That is, of course, before you just dropped in a battery and let time fly. Descendant of explorer Matthew Henson, married for 58 years to the same woman, I might add, which would be considered a major accomplishment today, <laughs> had two daughters, and was a faithful member of John Wesley AME Zion Church. He loved being a servant 
in God's house. He held many offices, including usher, trustee emeritus, and church treasurer. So what have I done at my church? Ushered, worked in the finance department, and it's not about where you are, but where you want to go. I opened this story with one word, sharp. My dad was known for being well-dressed and could have coined the phrase dress for success. He did custodial work at the National Observatory in his shirt and tie. And one of the men there took an interest in showing this janitor what he knew about the importance of the precision of time. Mr. Peters took him under his wing, and when he opened his college of watchmaking, my dad became a student, later a teacher, and then business owner of Henson's Watch Repair and Jewelry. On the other side of the coin, one day I made the decision to dress down for work, which wasn't a popular thing to do when I was working at IBM at the time. I had the opportunity to attend lunch at a private club and missed out because you guessed it, I wasn't in the proper attire. Lesson learned. Treat everyone with dignity the way you want to be treated, he would say. This doesn't take a lot of explaining. As a business owner, I've watched him treat everyone, and I mean everyone, with the utmost respect. And his customers held on to their relationship with him as long as they held on to their timepieces. And that meant years. My job at the business was keeping the glass cases clean. One day I was prou proudly told him I had completed my task. He inspected my work and pointed to a place on the case saying simply, what's that? <laughs> I looked and saw a small smudge. As I turned and began to explain, there he stood with his mixture of vinegar and water and a fresh piece of newspaper saying, you're not done. Point taken, lesson learned. If you're striving for the best, good enough is not good enough. That's right. My dad and I spent a lot of time talking. <clears throat> he would talk with me and I would ask him a lot of questions about the whys of life. Why are things the way that they are? Why did he say what he said? Why did they do what they did? Why is this? Why is that? Why is there so much evil and unkindness? And he would let me finish my inquiries without judgment and usually responded with the same words of wisdom. Just live long enough, baby. Just live long enough. Mm -hmm. I find myself looking toward heaven even now when there are things I don't understand and whispering. I get it. I've lived long enough. I wish I had more time to tell you about this man who believed you were only as good as your word. A high roller who made $1 bets with me on Monday night football and made the march on Washington part of his life's story. Wow. How he would have felt knowing there was a Barack Obama mm -hmm. and how far his daughter had come. I am my father's child. I not only look a lot like him, but I have his sense of humor and a work ethic that is unmistakably Ernest Tenson. I pray you are looking over the balcony of heaven, exclaiming, there's my girl. 
Beautiful. That was beautiful. You trying to make a sister cry? Never told me about my daddy. (laughs) (laughs) Just wrote about her mama, wrote about my dad. Thank God that we have parents that have instilled things in us. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, really, really made us the people that we are, and I'm, I'm glad about it. I am glad about it. Boy, I tell you what, I have thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this. We went a little bit over our time, but I think our listeners will forgive us for doing so. This was, like I said, it was a different thing that we that we did tonight. Um, and I think we'll do it again. I think we'll have uh, definitely. See, we definitely think, have to do it again. Yeah, there's Serena on the line. I know Serena. I think it was one who did uh, who did her story for us one time. Yeah. So we're yeah. going to be looking at that. And again, I have those folks from Canada and other places who visited with us tonight. The next yeah. time we do, we really, really would love for you to join us, join in the challenge, join in the storytelling, because we know you two have stories out there to share. And, and we're grateful, grateful for you being a part of Authors Up, grateful for you coming in tonight. Ruth, we're counting on you in November. Get that story told. Yes. Yes, ma'am. There's more to come for you. I know, I know, I know. There's more. That's all I have. Do either of you have any closing comments to make? Just thanking everybody also in the podcast world and watching on YouTube and wherever we're at, we just thank you for joining in. Really and, yep, and I know Christina is still out there in the green room. Christina, thank you again for what you did. Loved your story. Loved you being on with us. I don't know where whether Angie is, is slipped over or not. I see her her comment there. Angie, thank you again for being on and for for giving us a wonderful, wonderful story and stepping out of your comfort zone as well uh, to do what you do. So that is it for us for tonight. We will be back here next Sunday night at 7 p.m. And those of you who may have missed this, those of you who had friends who were not able to be on tonight, or if you heard a particular story that you really, really love, remember there's a replay on Saturday afternoons at at 7 p.m. actually. And uh, you can go back and you can listen and and enjoy this all over again. All over again. <laughs> <laughs> so we thank you. Love you much. Yes. Just enjoy the rest of your day. Hey, look, have a safe holidays. A holiday. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Safe. If you're traveling, we pray traveling mercies uh, uh, over that, over all of you and speak that into your life. So that's it for us. Come on back next week and see what we have because there's always something special right here on Authors Up. Good night. Good night. Good night, Bronze Girls. Good night, Victoria.